Travis is right. Your your audio is breaking up a little bit there. I could turn my audio down. Is that better, Travis? Distorted and a little crackling. Once again, it's an all-volunteer army. Travis has been appointed head <laughs> of IT and engineering. Is it better but, now? Yeah, I, I, it's just a funny crackling. I can turn it down even more if that's better. Mm, I don't uh, think it was so much overmodulated as... The mic has got a problem. It's no. It sounds like a voice over internet protocol issue, if Ooh. you will. Well, we're just going to have to plow yeah, along, folks. <laughs> we are going to plow along. Uh, so uh, back to the live stream here. It's Bob and Zip. You ready to go, Zip? Just Bob and Zip. Well, for now. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, people. Present characters. People don't know that you and I do a show with just the two of us every week. Uh, and then on this uh, live stream, well, it gets busy. And you're like, you, you lay back. And now you have to talk more. So this will be fun. Uh, are we ready to launch the show? Oh, by the way, coming up on the show, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the coming up in just a second. Uh, are we ready to hit the jingle and launch? I think we should. I think so. There's something funky about my... Here it is. Yeah, there's something funky about my jingle producer. Folks, I'm sorry we were a little bit late. And as it turns out, uh, there's some technical difficulties. This happens when you don't pay anybody. I mean, <laughs> when you have an all-volunteer army. I want, I want to play the jingle because it'll at least... <laughs> Oh, here it is. Okay. Are we ready? Oh, We're ready. It was planned so well. Uh, <laughs> we even had the show segmented out into different uh portions much like you know dateline or 60 minutes and uh and, they said the and, and same thing about the hubble telescope and look what happened yeah, that's that. right that was that was the billions of dollars boondoggle anyway uh ed got delayed in traffic spike knew that he wasn't coming on till five which caused him to think oh it'll be fine if i get there at five fifteen, and um uh several other it's fine it doesn't matter. It's Bob and Zip, and Ed Kelly will join us shortly. Spike O'Neill is on his way. Should be here in just a little bit. Uh, we will have Kermit Apio, who is a comedian who has something in common with both me and Barack Obama. Can you guess what it is? You were born in the same hospital in Hawaii. You did homework? <laughs> Isn't it amazing when I do show prep? Oh, well, I know, I, yeah. I know how you prep, actually. Zip watches Jeopardy every night. <laughs> and you've got me started watching it. Um, first, just by accident, it came on. And I actually said, well, Zip watches this. What is the appeal in watching human Rolodexes of information? You know, sit there and answer extremely difficult questions that I have no clue about. And I, f I figured out what the appeal is. All right. I'm all ears. I'd love to hear this. 
Every once in a while, I have a right answer. <laughs> this is the same thing that that poor people every once in a while think they might win megabucks. And so when I have a right answer, I think, oh, I'm on a roll. I, I just got one. Maybe I could get two. And then, boom, reality hits hard and my public school education comes home to roost. Uh, but it is, it, it is interesting. And I wonder, do some people on Jeopardy, do they, they study, right? You know, it's one thing I've noticed, and this is really true. When I was, if I think back to my grade school and high school days, the people that frequently do well on Jeopardy, and I, I mean this with no disrespect, but they were the ones that kind of the nerdy folks who, you know, had a pocket saver and things like that. And, and they happen and they, you know, make thousands of dollars. It's, and it's their, it, that's their vengeance. That's their comeback. Yeah. When so you I'm say nerdy, sure. you're not referring to the high tech nerd. You're referring to uh, a previous generation's version of nerdy, which was the pocket protector, the glasses, very similar to the ones you're wearing right now. <laughs> You could lose the porn stash, but, but what you're referring to is the dweeb who nobody really liked, who became an accountant or went into banking. Right. If right. you go into banking, it, it, you literally print money. If you become an accountant, you just have a good head for facts and figures, those kinds of people. Travis is right. Your, your audio is breaking up a little bit there. I could turn my audio down. Is that better, Travis? distorted and a little crackling once again it's an all-volunteer army travis has been appointed head <laughs> of it and engineering is it better but, now yeah I, I, it's just a funny i can turn it down even more if that's better mm, i don't I, think it was so much over modulated as the mic has got a problem it's no it sounds like a voice over internet protocol issue if Ooh. you will well we're just gonna have to plow yeah, along folks <laughs> we are going to plow along. Uh, so uh, back to the live stream here. I started watching Jeopardy, and I, uh, I I'm not going to continue uh, because it's it's way above my pay grade of having a brain. You have to watch it enough nights because every once in a while they'll have like they'll just lob you softballs. You know, it'll be like famous classic rock artists and then types of candy that brought your teeth, you know, things like that. <laughs> things that you and I have some experience with. Yes. <laughs> so that is the appeal then that you at various times, much like playing uh, at a casino on a slot machine, every once in a while you get that adrenaline of being a winner. Yes. Right. Okay. Or you walk away feeling, wow, I'm not quite as thick-headed and lost as many brain cells as i thought i did back yeah. in my day that's the that's the senior citizen uh happy hour definition of a winner okay um <laughs> it's well put yes that has been uh that has been interesting to me uh lisa and i are also watching some other television that uh when you run out of favorite shows which if you're retired is easy to do. And we binge watch a couple hours every night. Um, you start to experiment with stuff. Well, maybe I'll like this or it had good reviews. And so we started watching a show that's totally not aimed at our demographic. And, um, 
And at first I wasn't even sure, like, like watching a show with your spouse, like Jeannie is your spouse, watching a show with your spouse, there's always this little dance that you do. It's like, is it chick flicky enough for her? Because, you know, we're not going to watch... I'd love to watch the new Lord of the Rings scene, you know, stuff. I'd love to watch all the Star Wars. Like, there's tons of Star Wars series, Boba Fett, and all of these other things. I'll never get to see it. Um, but I, so I try to find shows that have something in it for me and something in it for her. And usually, um, you know, a sexy drama will work for both of us uh, because, you know, much like Jeopardy. Depending <laughs> on the category. If we watch a little bit of sex, we go, I remember that. You know, Let maybe. me offer this up. Yeah. Uh, last night I watched two or th four episodes, I think, of a, a episodic series on, I think it's uh, Paramount Plus, Mayor of Kingstown, uh, with Jeremy Renner, who is recovering from a snowcat accident as we speak. So, mayor of Kingstown is it right. about an actual mayor? It's about a family that uh, it's a town, a fictitious town in Michigan. Ed probably knows about this series, and uh, essentially the entire town revolves around the economy of a state prison. So, okay, it's really interesting, but it's incredibly violent, and again, it led to more severe insomnia i did not sleep okay well. so are you watching this with genie or are you watching it by yourself she faded out it was too too graphic yeah. for her. And, and by uh, the way that's a horrible feeling if i start something with lisa every once in a while she'll go no no <laughs> we are the knights who say no i'm not watching this and i'll be like but we're we're two episodes in give it one more episode but when she decides like she'll just go no not watching that and sometimes it's a good drama or detective show or something that you know i'm into it and then she goes away and sometimes i'll walk, watch another episode but then i get lonely <laughs> and so the one who gives in more and maybe you don't do this is me i watch way too many chick flicks i watch shows that you know shouldn't appeal to me but i know she loves them the dumbest one of all time was called the affair did you ever watch that I did not. I'm not a big fan of that. That ill of affairs. <laughs> you always Basic say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a. I'm not a big fan of that banging other people's wives thing. That's uh, so. The affair is literally uh, follows the exploits of a dog. A Bill Clinton-esque at his worst, you know, exaggerate all you want about... A skirt chaser. Uh, uh, by the what? A skirt chaser. Yes. Oh, I, I mean, he's... It, in this particular show, he's not a skirt chaser until one day, and he's having dinner at a diner with his family, wife and two kids. And his wife, I forget the actress, but she's she's really a great actress, very attractive. She, she's someone I like seeing in her show. And this waitress who's, you know, attractive enough, but she just catches his eye and he catches her eye. And the next thing you know, it's like we're on the Discovery Channel.
And I don't want to give too much away, uh, if, in case you ever want to watch it. Uh, by the way, Lisa loved this. I just kept going. It's almost like watching a horror film where you go, don't look under the bed. I kept looking at this guy going, that's really dumb. You're going to get caught. No good will come from it. You know what I mean? I'm, just, I'm like I'm like imaginary wingman to uh, the guy having the affair. And... Um, the thing went for like freaking 18 seasons and eventually I got hooked because there was enough gratuitous hot sex and nudity that, you know, it just sparks a little nostalgia. <laughs> a glim look into the past. No, oh, it's man. good. It's good. Anyway, that, so, so the latest show we're watching, which is, is something I did want to mention, uh, to people out there, because it's got me thinking about a few things. It's a hit right now. It's in its second season. I believe it's on Netflix. And it's called Emily in Paris. You would have no... You don't even watch the huge shows. So you Phil wouldn't Phil Collins' know. daughter stars in it. <laughs> Classic rock <laughs> trivia! <laughs> I'll take classic rock trivia for 800, Alex. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Who is who has replaced Alex now? Who's hosting Jeopardy right now? Uh, Ken Jennings, who was one of the longest running champs. Uh, he's now a hoster. Okay. Yes. So, you're, yes, so that's a little bit of trivia. Um, she, uh, the gal who plays Emily, I don't know her name, um, she is a, a smart, sassy, you know, sexy thirty-year-old um, who's working in America, and her advertising firm sends her over to Paris because the person who was going to go to Paris and and work in their sister firm, I guess she suddenly gets pregnant and she can't go. And Emily is like doesn't want to go to Paris, but she goes. And so it's I'll tell you what the show is. It's Mary Tyler Moore. With an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. She gets to Paris, nobody likes her, she can't speak the language, and then it's, you're gonna make it after all. And, uh, and so at first, like, and it's weird watching a kid show, because a 30-year-old to us is a kid. Uh, because first off, um, watching young people, young single people, you know, go through the um, courtship and mating and all of that stuff. You remember that stuff, right? Uh, watching them do that is, you feel a little bit voyeuristic. I'm not a fan of that voyeuristic stuff. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I was thinking that, but. You know me, I let it all hang out. So you feel, but I'm watching with my wife and I'm like, I'm waiting for her to say, yeah, this is, this is, you know, and by the way, it's not gratuitous. It's actually very little uh, and very, it's very chaste. You know, they show her, her dating a guy that she shouldn't be dating. And, you know, oh, it happens. And then they cut to the next morning when all the uncomfortableness happens. So it's, a, it's a, in that way, it's very much like a, it's a situational comedy. Uh, but here's why it's fun. I don't understand 30-year-olds at all. 30 is even young compared to my kids now. And they have grown up 
in a time where instant communication, virality, going viral, um, oversharing, worrying about who you are, like, I, I, do you know what I mean by that? You yes. don't, because you, you don't post on Facebook. <laughs> I love how you answer. You don't worry how you come across, because you don't come say, across. Zip, do you post on Facebook? You just say, <laughs> Zip, you don't post on Facebook. Well, you don't, do you? No, you, you, you uh, lurk. Happy yeah, birthdays. Condolences. Happy birthdays. Congratulations. On exactly. Exactly. But most people today on Facebook, most people are... Um, they are um, their own media brand and empire. Even Jeannie, even Lisa, even, you know, it could be my brand is that I love my grandkids. My brand is that I am involved in the community. My brand is that I always take impeccable pictures of the dinners I eat at fancy restaurants, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean... I saw a picture of myself with my grandfather, who was my mentor, when I was seven years old. And it's the only picture I have between the age of like four and 12. One picture. <laughs> right? Is that the one where you had kind of had bro cream and everything? And you yeah, you saw that. Yeah. 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 I saw that. I had won a science fair, uh, and he had done most of the work. We built a model of the solar system with, like, rotating planets on strings and a kind of a little umbrella whirly gig. Which is right in your wheelhouse. Oh, I was the nerd, world. yeah. I yeah. didn't have the pocket protector or the glasses that you own. But so anyway, back to the show. I found that we're on our – we finished two seasons, and there's one more. Uh, in the show – you get to see what our opinion of French people is and what their opinion of Americans is. And by the way, uh, it's a scathing view that Europeans, many of them have of Americans. We eat bad I food. imagine why. Oh, we eat bad food. We don't have any appreciation for art. We consume pop culture junk. Um, we're basically, the, we're the trailer trash of the world. Do you have an opinion? Cattle-like consumers of the planet. That's right. Yes. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Hundred percent. It's tough. That is as far out on a limb as you ever go. <laughs> well, it's true. It is. It yeah, we're 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 not particularly cultured here in America. Our we, media tastes kind of set that up for us. Yeah, it's junk yeah. food and fast food. Whether it's media, art, food, instant you know. gratification, cheap yeah. jokes. We're spoiled. Uh, sophomoric humor. All the stuff that actually made us both a living all these years. <laughs> so we're watching this show, and on the show, her Instagram account is her lifeblood being in the PR industry and deals with lots of sensitive artists. And it's typical of a Mad Men or um, I, I mentioned um, Mary Tyler Moore. Those, and, and, and it suddenly occurred to me, there are no great situational comedies anymore that we all share. Remember Cheers? Yeah. Remember MASH? Um, remember All in the Family? 
for the younger generation, they mostly uh, mostly have unplugged from you know TV networks that would cram the same three shows, and you'd have to pick one out of the three. So you'd choose a comedy, a drama, or a you know whatever the third a game show, whatever the the third category was. Uh, but now most young people, and this may be a problem in their lives, they don't have any long form comedy. There's no comedies at the movie theaters. They're going to see superheroes, Mad Men. I mean X Men. You know Spider Man sequels freaking avatar there's there's some funny moments but it's nothing it's not a comedy and so as i'm watching the show i thought well this is a smart comedy commenting on what it's like to be 30 to be at that point and by the way in in our generation that point before you committed to someone would be about 25 <laughs> but now it's at least 30 no one gets married before 30 right <laughs> You don't yeah. know. You know any any thirty year olds? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, not that I hang with on a regular basis, but yeah. Yes. I don't know any, uh, and they're, they're foreign to me. It's as if uh, it's as if I'm uh, elderly. <laughs> well. Statistically, you are. Let's move on. I've had enough of this topic. Anyway, uh, that's the show. Um, it's called uh, Emily in Paris, and uh, it is like spying on a different generation. Uh, before we bring on our comic, our headliner, as they say in the comedy industry, and Spike, oh, Spike is taking full advantage of that 20 minutes he was going to be late. Uh, before we bring on Kermit, let me let's skip ahead to this. Oh, yeah, let's look at some of the comments. I have not even looked at you folks who are watching us live. Uh, here's Travis. I haven't watched any TV except for the Seahawks. So sorry for you, Travis. Uh, if they happen to be televised for three years anymore. I only watch the YouTube channels and documentaries. By the way, YouTube is... Best YouTube channel. is Encyclopedia Britannica for this generation. It's pretty much it's that, but it's also any concert I want to see. It's a it's an archive of so much. Bob sounding crappy. That was five thirteen. <laughs> Hopefully, it's better. Is it better? I it's got you got a crackle in there. Some kind of a okay. We'll figure that out. Comedy shows went by the wayside, just like variety shows did. And now all we have is comedy clips. That's uh, Travis again. Modern Family was good. Yes, good show. Simpsons, most intelligent show on TV. Yes, there, is there a modern Simpsons? I don't think so. Have you ever watched Mom, the series Mom? Which uh, no. is about uh, two recovering, uh, recovering alcoholic mother and daughter. That sounds like fun. It's actually really. pretty funny, and it's okay. pretty. It's well written. It's it's, and it usually has a message, not like Leave It to Beaver or anything. Okay. But it's got a, you know, there's usually an uplifting underlying tone through it. Is that on it's a major? Fun. Is that on a streaming service or is it on a? It's, like... I don't know if they, they don't shoot it anymore. So it, uh, it's on. You can find it on cable for sure. Hmm. Your webmaster's wife wants to be on the show. If he won't, oh, that's Nancy. Uh, that's um, that's our webmaster, David's uh, wife. She wants to be on the show, David. David does not want to be on the show. 
he sits there in the in the break room. You can put these up, David, if you want. The audio is still crackly. There's nothing I could do about it this week. Our in- yeah, it's tough. Mom is dumb. <laughs> That's the cool thing about uh, saying anything with instant media feedback. You could say, Einstein had some great theories. He was a whack job with a strange haircut. Just... <laughs> okay. Uh, here comes Spike O'Neill. Spike, you made it. How are you? Good. I'm a whack job with a weird haircut. <laughs> Good timing. Einstein esque. Yeah, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, pardon me, probably whilst I adjust all this shit and make a lot of noise. All right, we're going to bring on Kermit Apio in a little while, and uh, <clears throat> I, I was afraid we we're going to be the smallest room he's ever played to with only two of us. So. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be it. I've actually seen Kermit live. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm trying to, sorry, I ran in here, so. No, that's okay. Yeah, I, I um, what's new with you, Spike? <clears throat> I'm helping my uh, disabled is the wrong word. My physically challenged cousin deal with a rat contractor who's an absolute shark criminal who's uh, ripped off people and being sued in three different states. Hmm. Um, do I know this person? And, Have we spoken of her in the past? Um, it was Kayla. It's Kayla Wheeler. Yep, I remember. Remember, my, 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 my cousin Kayla was born uh, with one leg. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Let me settle in here. Cousin Kayla was born with one arm and no legs, triple congenital amputee. And it was Tough. a complete surprise to her parents. And she was, uh, they sued this at the hospital because they have an ultrasound VHS recording of her father saying, well, where, where are the legs? Oh, they're just right there. You can see them folded up. She's just curled up, being making herself comfortable. So when she oh. was born with one one arm and one half arm, and no legs, it was a shock to be sure. Um, and they, you know, took legal action against the hospital, not because they would have made any different choices, but because that option was taken away from them through negligence. So they had to make life ready for a person who would be challenged their entire life. And I am now transitioning to proper pronouning. Because uh, the birth of that child was the second most shocking thing their parents have ever been through because they have transitioned to K-Wheeler and they identify as non-binary and are actually pursuing surgery to uh, make the physical change to K, a male. Okay. So K, now, uh, who if, is if I recall, there's a, there's a heartwarming story here in that they have adjusted incredibly well and had an incredibly positive attitude to Kay's, the uh, challenge. Kay's a world record holder Paralympic swimmer in yeah. their body classification. Kay has skied and played softball and done robotics camp. She was the president of the Harry Potter fan club at the University of Washington, Washington where they graduated with two degrees and are taking a gap year before starting their LSATs to become a, a a disabilities advocate attorney. Wow. Uh, part of part of Case Trust Fund is to uh, <clears throat> is being used to. They bought a condo, a ground level ground floor condo that's completely accessible, and they had taken some of the trust fund money, which is um, being, you know, managed by a conservatorship, and hired a contractor who is an absolute piece of garbage, and. 
and I've gotten involved with it already about Thanksgiving time when the when the work was supposed to be completed. Kay travels to see friends of similar physical limitations around the country on a regular basis, having met through different conventions and organizations. And the work was contracted to be finished in the three weeks Kay was out of town. Hmm. Well, um, when, Kay got back to, when Kay got back to town, a third of the work had been done, most of it done poorly. This guy was who was already been given a deposit was asking for more money because he blah, 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 one story after another. I know this kind <clears> of contractor, <throat> by the way. My, my son ran into one of these guys, too. Uh, hey, tough. here's a thought. Here's a thought. Since you have a radio no show and we have the Internet, let's use these torches and pitchforks for good. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that because, <clears throat> you know, I and I am not a person to I, I, I won't act half cocked, but I know you, I find that hard to believe. I I've got more than half. I've got more than half a cup to play with. I know that seems incredible. Um, no, actually, actually, our our dear friend, the attorney, <laughs> Sean, has already been speaking with Kay, and advising Kay on legal um, options and, okay. you know, eventual eventual outcomes. Um, my dear friend is the sheriff of Pierce County, and this contractor happens to also do some work in Pierce so County. So I've got, you've got I have. one big torch and one big pitchfork instead of an angry mob. That's a good way yeah. to go. I like that. Well, and and last week, Jesse Jones, um, consumer advocate in Seattle, he got involved, too, because nobody messes with my family. It's this is great. I'm getting. I'm really am getting to use the power of, of what I've worked for for thirty years to just to and you're get up back on the radio. Ass. By the yeah, way, yeah. I, I miss having that. I have to be honest with you. Uh, I, I I both love no responsibility because you carry a huge weight of responsibility on your shoulders with your you know media uh, commitments and and people rely on you. So that part I don't miss. But but having the um, you know, having the Rolodex. <laughs> the ability to, yeah. And by the way, flag. fortunately, there's no one 30 years old watching our show because they would have no freaking <laughs> idea what a Rolodex is. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the previous segment. I was talking about a show that Lisa and I are watching called Emily in Paris. Um, and you probably... I've heard of you, it. I have heard of it, but haven't seen it. It's a really smart show about 30-year-olds. Who are okay. really a, 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 almost like an invasive species to the planet, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know anything about them, and they seem to be taken over. <laughs> Old people seem to be losing their jobs, and uh, yeah. I guess they're going to run it. And I apologize first because we left it in shit shape, and we shouldn't get our security deposit back. Uh, but uh, you people who is are running Gen around, Z? yeah, yeah, is no. That, well, Gen thirty Z, is Z, you know? yeah. So millennials are about, I think, mid thirties. There's a specific cutoff, yeah. which doesn't really matter. But, yeah, they're a little younger than millennials. Because Gen and, X followed the boomers, right? That was 65 yes. was the last boomer. And then 85, and I think, then was the last Gen X. Then millennials started at 85, and they rolled through 2005. Uh, my sons are considered millennials, born 83 and 85. So mm, I think okay. it's just Above Before the mid eighties, yeah. yeah, someone will correct us. Uh, but anyway, it's you know, it's a whole. They didn't. Our world is as different to them as stagecoaches, cowboys, and Indians was to us. Wow, um, you know, it's it's that's not wrong at all. That's and it's shocking to think that when you when people say, well, you know, this the difference between now and like World War Two. Is the difference between World War II almost and like the Civil War, 
And that's how much time has, that's the kind of span. That's right. And you put things in that kind of perspective of time. It's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. You know, the eighties were 40 years ago. There's a couple things I want to ask you about. Uh, Oh, I want to ask this topic because it's, it's such a part of your history coming back on the radio. And we've talked about this on this podcast uh, before you came back. Nepotism? No, no. no. <laughs> did, did you have? No, I, I didn't think your family could help you at all. No, yeah, no, um, no. <laughs> uh, that's me inviting Andrew on. Although we're we're taking a, a different tack this week. We're having another comic on. We're gonna have to. Have, we're gonna have multiple comics because uh, he's real busy, and uh, it'll be good. Uh, anyway, um, no. You talked about this probably a good year ago, and now it's on the evening news. And it's a huge story. There is a movement to outlaw gas stoves mm-hmm. for your home. And um, a- and as you start to read about it. You realize there's really not, and that's a scare tactic being used by conservative media. Should, did, I, did I cut to the end of the book too fast? I'm sorry. No, I, and by the way, this is going to be tough for us because I've, I've more or less checked out of politics. If mm-hmm. something even has a political bent to it now, I kind of tune it out because I know it's only going to be one-sided. And I, it's not that I don't care about each side's arguments, but I've decided that both sides are BS. And so mm-hmm. until I investigate thoroughly both sides, which takes time that most Americans don't have, <laughs> I can't jump to, so I don't jump to those conclusions. Okay. And that's my, and there's a touch of virtue signaling in that too. I, I like know, that. I apologize. Yeah, nice. No, uh, no, Gen Z be proud. Yeah. Um, no, so in the reading I've done, it boils down to some safety studies that say mm-hmm. having a gas stove in your home kitchen is linked to health problems and without proper ventilation, et cetera, et cetera. One in five children raised in a home with a gas stove has the um, asthma. All right. One, and, one in five. And what I remember is before you got back on the radio, you were doing PR for natural mm-hmm. gas, right? Yeah, it was for gas. So your job, forget politics for a second. Mm-hmm. Your job was to say, a chicken in every pot and a gas flame under it, right? That's right. <laughs> no, um, it's I was it's how I got to that junction. It was so funny. I was totally um, I was contacted by the local pipe fitters union because the city of Seattle had implemented a ban on natural gas being used to heat space, um, like space heating and water yep, heating yep, in new yep. construction, both multifamily, multi-story, and commercial. And the pipe fitters saw that coming down the tracks as a as a livelihood impediment it's to a, gas pipe, pipe fitters. It's a crack in the door through which they yeah. would eventually try to stop gas. And now they're doing it, by the way. That was well, correct. Well, the city, it was first the city of Seattle implemented this change. Then the King County did this change. And now the state of Washington has done this change. And they haven't done it through legislative or through the ballot. They've done it through code. They've done it through building code. And they have now passed building code restrictions on natural gas in new construction for commercial and multifamily multi-story and so, then and then to meet their green deal they will retroactively require this on all existing properties that's just that's how the virus spreads by the way building codes uh mm-hmm. that's um that's another invasive species characteristic oh, of our society because building completely codes hidden away from public eyes and, and no checks and balances agenda <clears throat> agenda specific yeah 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 
I mean, I like the old days when your house fell down, it was on you. <laughs> Usually directly on you. Yeah. And only her shoes stuck out, you could have get them back to get home. Okay. Well, it's fun. So as I started this project for the Pipefitters Union, mm. we did some research into the marketplace and had a group called the Oxford uh, um, Oxford Universal. It was, it was over in England, but not Oxford University. They did, and it's been a while, it's been a year, so I apologize if my details are a little fuzzy. We did some impact studies on the loss of gas to the community and found out that it would disproportionately affect the BIPOC community and the low-income community, communities of color, you know, mm -hmm. and people of low income. And we realized after going to, I sat in on several different city council meetings in Seattle and the smaller shoreline, Kirkland, Vashon Island, Bellevue, those smaller communities outside of Seattle. And nobody cared that pipe fitters were going to lose livelihood. No. They can just retrain. That was, the, it doesn't matter if you've got 20 years in the trade, just start over and retrain. Um, so we figured out that the King County passed a law that said every new um, every new ordinance, every new, you know, uh, ecological study had to had to make sure it, every, every new law proposed had to benefit, if, if it not benefit, at least not harm minority cult communities and low income communities. Every new piece of legislation proposed had to either benefit or not harm. Hmm. So we found out pretty quickly through the study that eliminating gas from as, as a fuel resource disproportionately affected communities of color. Because as you take away gas, which is a third of Seattle's energy base, it all goes to hydroelectric, which means there's demand goes up, which means the rates go up. And your when your power bill goes from 150 to 300 bucks a month, it disproportionately affects your income, especially if you're low income. It's a bigger chunk of your of your pie. So did this work? Um, no. <laughs> it, <laughs> Sorry. It's funny. It, it sounded it's, like no, you no, had no. it all figured out. It, it's here's the thing. It it it. They're breaking the law by passing these without running this through the the equity check toolbox. They called it yeah. the equity the, the equity toolbox was the cute package they put together for King County to make sure communities of color were represented and treated fairly. And when the problem is, it didn't work because my contract that ran out with the plumbers union. Right. And since the, since the only way for this to go forward was from an um, an f f. Oof, Ethics. And, yeah, well, no. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Got him. A minority equity position. That okay. was the thing. Oh, equity. Okay. That, that, that was the successful way to the finish line was, um, you know, minority communities. Ethnic equity was right. the way to go forward. And the Plumbers Union didn't want to be paying for that. So we did all this research and we handed it over to the African-American, the African-American community in Seattle and the low-income communities in Seattle, their advocates. Uh, I, I, when so, I, built, I built a team of, of people from that community. So we got distracted from, and this is, by the way, exactly what is your job. <laughs> we we talked for 20 minutes about one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I love it. And you're so well-informed now. It's, well, it's so I know, I know about gas stoves is the yeah, point yeah. here. Okay. So. Yeah, so, so are they bad for you, or can it just be mitigated with a good ceiling fan and better mitigation, which is uh, one of our listeners says that Mad Mac is, you know, basically. So, so here's, here's what, what happened. The Consumer Product Safety Commission, mm -hmm. a federal agency, did a study that found um, throughout the decades of, of history homes with gas stoves, the children raised in those homes had a 20% greater um, episodes of youth asthma than kids who weren't raised in yes, gas but, homes. Yes, but, 
you can no, fix uh, that. Uh, you can fix uh, that. I, I mean, I yes. used to eat plaster off the wall. I didn't know that it was bad for me. And, and I love, yeah, I love all, paint, lead paint, lead paint chips, and, and a sandwich at summertime with some Kool Aid made with a with a garden hose. I'm there. I'm there. That's, that's all in the past. It's Those heaven. statistics are well, only pointing the way to to so, doing it correctly, right? So, so the Consumer Product Safety Commission pointed this out <laughs> and said perhaps we should look at ways to make gas stoves safer. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the, so, you know, and ne never was it proposed yeah. a ban on gas stoves was not yeah. put out in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. But now the meme police have Jill Biden burning documents on a gas stove. You know, that you, you get all three of the, uh, you know, there's Dr. Jill Biden burning hidden classified documents on a gas stove. That's a great meme. Have, I like that. It's a great, by the way, great meme. we were talking about the, the lack yeah. of situational comedy. Um, I forgot Veep, which is one of the smartest politics shows there is. Great, great. One of the um, greatest shows ever. But there isn't a lot of situational comedy. And, and you know, we get it now in memes. We get we get our jokes in 15 second clips on it, uh, TikTok <laughs> and Instagram. Because uh, our attention span isn't even 22 yeah. minutes anymore. But it's, I mean, now, it's now 15 seconds. That's how long our attention span Spike just gave us eight minutes on, you know, the whole background of this natural gas thing that takes up a 40-second clip on the evening news. Right. And I was like, I was starting to doze off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not your fault because you're, no, 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 no. No, you, it's, you know it's, what it's I'm talking fault. about. It's, it's a like, culture we're in. You got to punch it up a little bit. Yeah, got to get a better lead. So, all right. gas stoves. so yeah. is the bottom line, which is where I started, because, you know, I live in a meme culture, is the bottom line this? Yes, it's a real thing, and we just need better ventilation, and we should just make it happen. Well, the real thing is that gas stoves do prevent a health hazard that they're now aware of, and they're going to look at... They present a health hazard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're going to look at increasing the safety of gas-burning stoves to be used in for families. And the, no one's talking about banning, which is just another divisive culture war. They're coming after your stove. So Marjorie... Wait a minute. I thought they were going to take my... I thought they were going to take my stove and my guns, and they were going to have open border illegal aliens do it. Excuse me. Well, we, then you're going to have to push the bullet in by hand. That's so inconvenient. <laughs> I see. Um, no, that's... Yeah, I know. That's, that's the fear police, you know, coming to tell you that the, the woke mob is coming to take your stove, and they're really not. You know, God forbid somebody should try to make children a little healthier. Okay. You know, Michelle Obama planted a garden and they you know, went batshit. But here's the thing. I thought that by watching the evening news, CBS, yeah. NBC, yeah. ABC. So they're the woke mob themselves. So I still thought it just because of the abbreviated nature of news reporting. Yeah. Nobody reads an article anymore. And if I forward them an article, they say, I'm not subscribing to the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, or the New York Times. Yeah. You know, when it's free, I'll read it. Like all the stuff that the algorithms and the artificial intelligence send my yeah. way to herd me <laughs> mentally. Okay. Uh, so that was one I wanted to go over with you. Let's see if there is another one. Oh, Ed Kelly is here. Uh-oh. <laughs> President, President he's Bush is here. here to talk about you know, natural gas, and he's got family money in it. So Ed is here, and I wanted him here before we bring Kermit on, but I, I see Ed's webcam is not working. Are, is it there, Ed? It is. Uh, it is there, but it's not uh, hooking up. 
I, not, I like your new logo, man. The little two little <laughs> eyes and the red hat there. And that's a great. That's a great branding. I can mirror awesome. that too, by the way. That's awesome branding. Look at that. Uh, are you having sex with a USB uh, cord? No, it looks like skull and crossbones. <laughs> yeah. Our flag means death. <laughs> All right, Ed. We're just going to go without a picture with you this week, uh, and mm. and maybe there's maybe there's some reason for it that you're not telling us, but. Um, no. Just I'm stupid. Neither All right. here I could get it done. Before we Let bring on Ed this, uh, can, yeah. is Bob's Bob's mic crackling? Ed? Yes. Yes. It is. Yeah. I got some problem this week. I don't know oh, what yeah. it is. I thought, I thought it was my headphone connection. I'd have to reboot. It's Nobody too late. Knows the troubles I've seen. <laughs> Nobody um, can fix the static. If anybody would like to invest in this show. <laughs> we just got a new sponsor today. That was, finally, that, that was much more of a punchline than I had hoped. Uh, Ed, you had a moral dilemma. Let's talk about that. I did. Um, I, I was pulling into work, and I noticed that I was getting anxiety at the stoplight because I knew that it's such a short green arrow to the Fisher Building, where the radio station is. That I, you know, half the time if I'm not right on the money, I get beep. From behind, right? There's always a him, him, him. You know, oh, here's yeah, a hint yeah. for you. Yeah. Move. Because yeah. this is yeah. a really short light and only two cars get through three max and it's yellow. So I found myself speeding into the, the left-hand turn. I'm just wondering if anybody else experiences this. The need to let as many people through as possible. It's stupid, but it is anxiety-inducing for me for whatever reason. I, I had a similar feeling that tonight as I was running late, as always, to meet this uh, commitment with you guys, this opportunity to share my world with you wonderful people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the clam dip in front of me forgot where a gas pedal was when the arrow came on. And I, too, have a short green arrow. And I and I and I same thing. Do I hit the horn? Do I be am I that guy? Am I Captain A-hole? Well, uh, fortunately, my horn button doesn't work, which I think leaves me legally viable for a lot of things. <laughs> wow. It's come and go since they changed the airbag. That's what a service recall does. You drive without a horn? Well, I drive with an airbag, but the horn was fine. If I had I to choose between airbag. a horn and an airbag, I would take the horn every time. <laughs> I, I can't just, imagine going out into that circus yeah. in a car without a horn. Yeah. Do you have a paintball gun in your hand to let people in front no, of you? No, no. In, in Detroit. Faster? Spike, you don't understand. Detroit, that's probably saved my life <laughs> numerous times. Because one horn people get you. <laughs> oh. You know. Um, Oh, road rage. Yeah, you're, 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 now we've lost I live Mike. in Seattle. Bob, you, your mic is muted. <laughs> yeah, you're muted, buddy. Yeah. See, it says Bob with a slash. Yep. There you go. Is it fixed Seattle, now? Seattle's it, Indian yeah. word for after you. No, I think it is better. <laughs> is it better? Yes. Yeah, oh, that, that, that takes bad. me off. You know what it is, Ed? It's the same thing that happens to you. What's that? Uh, because, no, because I was using Pro Tools. The yeah. two apps fight over oh. who gets the connection and remember how i tell you every week well just reboot your stupid shut device down. shut it down and bring it just back up turn and it off and turn it back on ed <laughs> he, never did. he says it much more i rebooted it and it fixed it right that's annoying okay yeah, so i missed great. your i missed your dilemma it had something to do with airbags <laughs> no 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 it's just okay. uh, uh, my anxiety over how fast I have to turn to let the other cars behind me as many get through as possible. Oh, as I'm wow. On my way to the radio station. Is it an unsafe speed you have to hit? Not unsafe. It's just that I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going, geez, if I don't go as soon as this turns green, I'm going to get meep, meep from behind. Right, right, right. Um, 
So you're feeling bad about not being a good enough citizen of traffic in the community. Always the most attentive when I'm thinking about the radio show and when I'm thinking about, you know, show prep. (laughs) You're the one that I told you to keep it to us. That's why we call you. No, no, bring your. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm thinking, should I shoplift these groceries because they're so expensive? (laughs) Isn't that justified my putting eggs in my pocket? And, it was all worth it. You don't think it's your cannabis habit? You don't think that's it? No, I don't at all. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't brain cannabis habit, Bob. I'm a wake and baker. One toker. Daily? Uh, no, not daily. Okay. Twice a week? Twice a day. <laughs> no. Well, generally <laughs> twice a week. When I do do I wake it, up but, and pass by the way, I, yeah, by the way, Ed, you are <laughs> under oath. Yes, and I know that I have said before, but I have I have uh, eliminated almost all of it. But no. if I do wake and bake, it's a one toe. I don't Maybe you need it actually to be sharp. You know, that's that's. There's a lot. There's a lot to be said. I, I think there could be. I wish we had research. All right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this topic I keep wanting to bring up, and and you know what, we're going to bring it up with our comment because I don't want to make Kermit wait too long. And I know Spike uh, has an expiration uh, date at some point. Has to go do his. Yeah his real job uh let's see what else did we not um yeah that's just boiling down what we said about the gas stoves if you don't consider all news suspect you should I, know I, I i think you're um allowing yourself to be manipulated that is not a political but statement this hits very close to home with me yeah Bob. me too really does <laughs> ed, you, ed you first since you're on and you only have audio and then we can disregard you afterwards <laughs> again yeah no my sister was cleaning her stove and she turned on the pilot light or two i came in the house i smelled natural gas which is of course imbued with rotten egg smell so you can tell there's natural gas i said marilyn back out of the house and i'm going to open a window do not turn on any lights and that was a that was a potentially explosive situation the last one was when she loaded the coffee machine two days ago and put the coffee in the in the top of the machine and then proceeded to fill it with water and turned it on and then when I came in to get my coffee, she had forgotten to put the urn underneath the coffee machine. So there was hot coffee all over the counter. Yeah. That's a hot, so the, the, the natural gas thing, I, w- I wouldn't mind if natural gas stoves went away. It's kind of like the guy that, that blew up his stove and on the way up, he see, meets a guy coming down. He says, hey, you know anything about stoves? The guy going, coming down says, no, you know anything about parachutes? It's a dad joke, sorry. So you don't trust yourself around fire. You would prefer oh. man go back to prior to fire. Prior to prior fire. To fire. Uh, <laughs> Richard Pryor didn't like fire, I'll tell you that. Um, anyway, I, I don't uh, think we should go back, give up natural gas. I think we should make stoves safer, though. Okay, got it. But uh, as far as considering all news suspect. Definitely. Okay. I've been having this debate with a friend of mine um, over Elon Musk. And he thinks, I think, Elon Musk is some kind of a genius. But what I say is the stories, uh, the anti-Elon Musk stories are the press piling on because of an agenda. Uh, look, I don't maybe Elon Musk may be completely self-imploding and he may blow up all of his companies. He still in his lifetime did more for global warming than any human being. He became the world's richest man. He's still like number three. And uh, and he, he doesn't have he's not a one trick pony with one company. He has the boring company and he has SpaceX and SpaceX is going to be one of the 
biggest military contractors in the freaking world because military is in space are the same and you got to ask yourself is there any strategy to you know becoming absolutely necessity uh, for military around the globe and yeah speaking of boring company let let me ask you three something oh the boring company the three of us yes go ahead (laughs) what a setup it's a gift go right ahead I am so sorry. I, it, I think that all news is suspect after Obama last night on the White House Correspondents' Dinner said on his out. I was watching an old YouTube video. He said, and CNN has decided to become real journalists. So if the president himself doubts that CNN is doing journalistic duties, you know, with credibility, who am I to question a guy like Obama? Yeah. Much more. All right, so that's specific. I, 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 I totally agree with what you just said, by the way, but I'm broadly generalizing it. Every media company is in the business entertaining of holding an audience. Yeah, eyeballs, through. engagement. Eyeballs, eardrums, doesn't matter. It, it holding yeah. an audience. And Ear I balls. used to find, even back when I did it, I used to find it challenging to try and do that and still have something resembling integrity, <laughs> and, you know, and and still try to be somewhat honest. You know, I mean, did I love every mattress that I did a commercial for? Most of them. Well, we had this issue come up today because we got a new sponsor and it was Chicken Shack. And Mitch would not have allowed them as a sponsor if he weren't an actual devotee of that franchise. There you go. Yep. So. That's it. And so forgetting about the even the ads, which used to wag the dog, that was the issue back when we were, you know, uh, when that. we were fab, as uh, the Beatles would say. <laughs> this saying goes, yes. Uh, but now it's the algorithms, it's the social media that wags the dog. Because if you're CBS Evening News, you don't, you don't have to just compete with social media. You actually have to report on what it has made big. That is news. What is news is what most people are reacting to. And, um, and you know, the, the major news organizations used to sort of have an agenda and make news. And they used to curate it, but now it's curated by the mob. But it's so, 10 second sound bites now, and that's what everybody wants. And I think Spike will tell you that. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're out of time. Appreciate your, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, Ed, that was great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Shall we bring on our headliner? We, we're going to have a jingle for this, but um, he's going to do his own jingle. Here he comes. Here comes the comic. He's as funny as that's not bad on the spot. <laughs> and uh, and I'll tell you, um, this guy's kind of special to me for a couple of reasons. One, he recently invited me to a show. Actually, I invited myself and he got me free passes. Same thing. Uh, but he um, he's a Hawaiian. And while I don't consider myself a Hawaiian, I was also born in Hawaii. I didn't know that. He was one of the early comics on our show back probably i'm gonna ask him late early 90s probably when he was young and what's funny is that he he was he said he sort of cut his teeth and tried to figure out how to do radio on our show what i didn't have the heart to tell him is we were trying to figure out how to do radio at the exact same time (laughs) (laughs) ain't it the truth he's a veteran comic which is what you say to someone you respect and their material is great and i saw him in vegas like a month ago and he had the room 
Um, but he's also he, he's a dad joke guy like us. You know, he's not a he's not a thirty year old millennial on Instagram all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Uh, and I don't think he's really in Hawaii now, but please welcome Kermit Apio. Kermit, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, uh, and hold on, we got to get your mic up a little bit. Oh wait, hold on. Am I there? Yep. Turn it oh, up yeah. just a hair. Uh, oh, turn it. Up, okay. Yeah, turn your mic up just a hair. Okay. There we go. Is that better? Perfect. Yeah. Right, if you need any so backup, for, Kermit, uh, I'll be here. Oh, uh, Kermit, uh, Kermit the Frog has already. Yeah. So I want to tell you, thank you very much for changing your statement to you invited yourself to the show because that was going to be an awkward moment. Yeah. What said what actually happened? <laughs> <laughs> I try to be honest. Um, and, I, no, and, I was really glad you came, and I was so happy to, to have you there. And uh, and so, yes, I'm glad you contacted, I'm glad you came to the show. Well, it's funny because, you know, in the old days, we used to promote comedy, and so I would, you know, just call the guy and say, yeah, well, like, I, this is going to sound really stuck up. And at this age, I don't even care anymore. Uh, <laughs> But I would think if I go to the show and I talk about it on the radio, it's good for the club. So, of course, they're going to want to, you know, this is what, why they, they would want us. Should I continue with this line of discussion? <laughs> anyway, but when I saw you advertising that you were going to be in Las Vegas, I was like, oh, Kermit, he was on with us for many times over the years. And I and I just said, hey, can you get me some tickets? And I didn't know. It's this huge comedy club that charges, you know, $800 a ticket at, at, at the MGM. I'm exaggerating. But but I didn't know, like, and it was a big deal. And um, anyway, I'm grateful. It's the first free thing I've gotten since moving to Vegas. Because <laughs> he's tight for crap. And the show was great. And, and Kristen Key, the headliner, uh, turns out to have also been on our show many times. Remember her? She's the funny song-singing lesbian. She's fantastic. Yep. And, um, and Kermit, uh, she did this bit about Hawaii, and Kermit is Hawaiian, and we had just got back from Hawaii. It was fantastic. Now, are you, are you at Waikiki right now? <laughs> well, you, you, when we uh, when we soundcheck, you made a big deal about my green screen that I have one, and none of mm -hmm. you using a green screen. It's like you hung me out here on this. I feel like <laughs> no, that's okay. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's one of those where where you tell all your friends, "Hey, tomorrow we're going to wear funny hats," and then none of you wore a funny hat to school. <laughs> I'm that guy today. <laughs> yeah, I, I like uh, that. <laughs> well, it is good to see so you. Is, I want to tell you, this yeah. is my, um, I'm from an area called Eva Beach, and it's not really on a lot of tourist brochures. It's more of a local area. And so this is a view from, the, from Eva Beach where you could actually see town. And so Waikiki and Honolulu were like a world away for us when I was growing up. And uh, and so this is a this this view is is a view because I remember looking at the city going, wow, that's, wow. that's that, yeah, that's where the city people live. That's literally your home screen right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. Is oh, that that is Waikiki in the background though? It's just yeah. far away. Yep. Yeah, the okay. diamond head on the yeah, easy. Were you um were you born in a Tripler Hospital like me and President Obama? I was not. You in, I was not you born, born in the backyard in a. Yeah. In he was a, born on that third rock to his right shoulder there. <laughs> yeah, so you were very traditional, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Kermit, did Bob come to the early bird show at least? Did he have a decency to get an early bird ticket and not put out a real paying customer from the prime well, show? Or? Bob is a target market. That club only does one show a night, and it's eight o'clock. That's right. So yeah, Bob is who they're looking for. Welcome to the pudding room, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I also want to say so. So when Bob says. 
uh, that I've, I've, I did the show many times. That's actually a very friendly way to put it because I did the show once and then there was a long time before I again and, and then I did it a few more times. So I, I know what that. you're going to say. You're going to say you didn't do well the first time and that had something to do with why there was a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. And and no, and it's on me. You guys were, you guys were uh, uh, were great. But but like like you had mentioned, so I I won the Seattle Comedy Competition '91, and I'll tell you right now, I had no business winning it. It was one of those lucky things. Uh, put it this way, when you won the competition, you would headline a weekend at the Comedy Underground, which which put on the competition. I right? I don't know if you guys yeah, remember yeah. that. So yeah, in sure. December, you'd headline a weekend. Well, I emceed. The Comedy Underground in May won the competition in November and had to headline it. I never middled the underground, which is something people do for years while they try and learn how to headline, right? I never You're referring to my son, from- Andrew, as I as <laughs> hey, <laughs> middle no for names, years. No names. Yeah. No yeah, names. Yeah, no names. Right. Yeah. Friendly, it's a friendly meeting. I mean everybody, but they, they were forced to headline me, even though the last time I had done the I was doing fifteen minutes and now they were forced because I won the competition to do to to uh, give me forty five minutes. And um and it was the it was comedic and it's so there was no way anybody thought I was gonna win. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you that back then the finals of the competition was one night. It was in the old Seattle Opera House, right? It was like a big mm-hmm. show, one night, it was a big deal. After I won the finals uh, increased the amount of nights. Now there's five nights of finals because they're never going to lightning hit lightning get caught in a bottle. There's no way they're going to let that happen again. If you're going to win, you're going to have to take first or second for at least two to three nights. So, so here's here's what I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's, so, it's so it's so refreshing to be able to be honest on the radio here. You know, like I don't remember your first time, but I remember I remember it in the sense that you're we were all kids. Um, and then I just remember, and you may be right. We may have said, well, should we let him back on again? Well, he just won the <laughs> Seattle comedy competition. We have to. And then you became a regular. Um, and uh, and we're always uh, very funny. Um you still live in Seattle. I do. I do still live in Seattle. But, but hey, I, going back to what this, I, well, I do want to say that, so yes. doing radio if, as a comedian, when you're a comedian guest, it's it's something that needs to be learned, but nobody is going to figure teach you how to do it. There's no there's class. No there's no, mm-hmm. right? You think, I'm just going to go up there, I'll, I'll give them a few questions to set me up in bits, and it's going to go great. But that's really not how it how it works. I mean, yeah, yeah, you want to do some of your bits, you want to be funny. But if I give you a question, so obviously setting up a bit, it makes you look bad, right? And you guys knew that you guys are just being yourselves. And so Kermit, how about that gas stove band? (laughs) (laughs) And go. Yeah. Exactly. I think we lost them. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like, like. You know, I'm not gonna. Ha- you, you just can't just hand someone a paper, especially someone who's, you know, uh, this show that that tons of people listen to is very well known. You, you guys are gonna look you, at a piece of paper and go, so what kind of pants you like, Kermit? You know, what, you know what I mean? It's like, and so, and so I didn't know how to do it. So 
it did not go well. As a matter of fact, I, I wish I could remember the line. And I realize you guys are going to remember this because you interviewed thousands of comics. But I do yeah. because it was my first time on a show that I actually, like, I listened to in the morning. I, you know, I, I loved it. And so, but Spike, you hammered me. At the, towards the end of it, you, you, you got me. And I, I wish I could remember the line. But it was really funny. But at the time, hurt my feelings, man. Oh, buddy. I, <laughs> I apologize. So, so genuinely apologize. I, no, no, no. no. Oh There's God. no reason to apologize because, look, and it. I walk out of there, you guys still have a show to do. So you can't yeah. jump on the sinking ship because I seem like a nice kid. You know what I mean? But he doesn't have to toss a, a cement block onto your barge oh, either. Oh, no way. Because he made, he made his fans laugh and they came back after commercial. That was what was important at the yes. moment, right? That's your job. That it's like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, and I realize that now, but I just felt like I'm never going to be on that show again. And it actually did take a few <laughs> years. It, but, I, but I'm thankful for the opportunity because eventually you learn how. You learn how to work right. material in or, or not do it. If it's not working that day, if, if you guys are talking about something, I have nothing in my act. I just want to be funny about that. But at the time, yeah. I was 23 and just oh, won a competition. Okay. I had no business winning just headlined mm. a club i had no business headlining and then i was on a radio show i had no business being on <laughs> in over his head so that's around <laughs> yeah let me say something about that because this is very interesting um because when i hear a story like this or even when Kristen came up and said she was a huge fan of the show and her and your dad listened to twisted christmas songs every christmas you should know that on the other side, and I think I'm speaking for Spike too, and if I am not, I'll just steamroll over him and then he'll steamroll back over me. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's insecurity on all sides. No matter, you think that the person with the most experience maybe has real confidence, uh, but at each moment in show business, and I don't know if this is the same stand-up comedy, because you and my son Andrew have something that I wish I had, which is you project all the confidence in the world to be standing up there all by yourself. I can't even do this podcast unless zip, at least zip. <laughs> come on i need a support group around me okay and so one of the things early on in the incarnations of our show that we did repeatedly by the way because we were young uh, dumb and full of vinegar and um and we we knew that we had to act like we knew what we were doing but frequently uh i would find out later that i'd really offended someone or hurt their feelings and didn't mean to. I was just trying to be a wise ass in the moment. And again, I may be speaking for Spike, but his face says yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know me, I'm a puss. I got no background yeah. to, to insult somebody with skills. God, <laughs> no. If, if I insulted you first, it was an accident. And if it made yeah, me laugh, that was also an accident. So. <laughs> but here's the thing I want to get to, and it's the magic that happens. After you, and whether you're in your world, stand up comic up there on stage by yourself or you're in ours playing in what amounts to a band where you're riffing off of each other right after you get a couple of 10,000 hours of experience you do it intellectually smarter so you don't create as much human roadkill along the way <laughs> <laughs> ouch and I, I have been one of your squirrels. Uh, yes, I know. And so that's what I was thinking when you told me that story was, oh, we hurt this kid's feelings that day. Oh, that was a screw up on my part. But but you, because you had a positive attitude, you were like, and by the way, Andrew did this too. 
This is just a step along. This is just a step along the road I have to take to begin good. That's right. Which isn't that positive attitude attitude the right attitude for everyone to have when they're just getting started? Well, but it's but it's for me. I don't know if it's a positive attitude. I think I think look, I, I was I always felt lucky to be in comedy. When I quit my day job, I thought it was my, you know how people back through Europe? I thought that was, I was just going to do two years of, I'll always have that story. Hey, I was a professional comedian. And then at 25, I'll, I'll, I'll get a job and grow up. It was never, like, I never thought, like, I'm just going to keep plowing through and learn from my mistakes. It really was that I loved being around comedians. They were amazing people. And and you know we all realize that none of us would be hanging around if it wasn't for comedy we all love this thing and and uh and so we had you know athletes and nerds and and physicians who just didn't have a lot in common but this one thing so i like being around comedy and then the other thing was i hate mornings i didn't want like i don't have to set an alarm that's and that's it that was that was to me like you know so so me not doing well on your show you know it wasn't like i'm gonna get them next time my whole thing was i want to try and be able to at least tread water in these things so they they'll bring me back you know i don't i don't know if it was like this cost it really isn't so much of what i do is the worry about failure it's just i just didn't want to screw it up go ahead ed yeah and no this is god perhaps you saw me (laughs) when i played the jim carrey I just want you to know that you have been blessed. <laughs> you did not become Carrot Top. <laughs> you are not a prop comic. Give God his props. Give God his props. Uh, wow. So, um, how long ago was that, Kermit? Was that the early 90s? 91, that... 92, you said, right? Yeah. 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 I, won, I won in November of, of 91. And uh, oh, and I did almost live the TV show on New Year's Eve of '91 because oh, of the competition. Man. I wasn't ready for that either. Um, <laughs> but the good thing about almost live was that is that I did the show live a few times. I did like little five-minute sets around the around the city, so they got to see what I was going to do. It was different doing it with you guys. So with you guys, it was probably I would say somewhere between January and March of '92. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So thirty years, and and here's here's a little funny. I, while I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm like, well, this is a great conversation, and I'm like, I asked him to send me some talking points so I could set him up for some of his jokes, and oh. he didn't. He didn't email them to. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I and sitting in the wings, Craig Gas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot completely, but I no, no, that's okay because each other well, time. it would have ruined. Yeah, it would have ruined actually the whole uh, real thing. So, so now I'm going to just say, tell us a little bit about your life now. You, um, unlike my son, you have a wife and kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have responsibilities you're, in you're the like, real world. A loser, but you've got yeah. a real life. Poor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He knows. I, I have a question for you, Kermit, but I'm going to put it in context that really jabs my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we roadkill each other all the time. It's actually well, kind of fun yeah. for us. Uh, and, and, and to that angle, how do your kids uh, feel about what you do for a living? You know, uh, I, I think they actually, early on, they got amazingly positive 
feedback from friends. I think they worried that friends would kind of roll their eyes. Because like you said earlier, I'm not the new style of comedy. You know, I, sure, I try and evolve. I want to exist in whatever comedy is now. But ultimately, if I really try and do what the 20-something comics are going to do, I'm look like an idiot, right? I'm, you know, the 55-year-old trying to be hip. Right, and, yeah. And, and because I even used the word hip in 2023, like that's mad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Uh, and so I was wondering if they would, but my friend or their friends pretty much always thought it was cool. And, and like when my dry bar special came out, one of my son's friends texted him and said, my, my, my family just watched your dad's special. And, um, and that was really kind of a cool thing for them. So, yeah, I, I think, I think they, they like it. And also they've gotten to, to travel a bit, you know, that, and, and see things that, that it was kind of cool to be able to take them along. You know, do so. you get to bring them? Like if you do a cruise, do you get to bring your family? Yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, I, I haven't been doing a lot because once they hit high school, there's just no, no time in there. But right. um, yes, when they were younger, I took them on cruises and we've done a lot of stuff. My, I, when I saw you in Vegas, uh, my daughter flew down a few days later when when school went on break. She <laughs> flew down and we we got to hang, hang out in Vegas for a couple of days. So yeah, yeah. It's it's really great to be able to take the family around. What's your geographical territory? I mean, I feel like every comic has it. Like, someone will be big on the East Coast, someone will focus on the West Coast. Like, Andrew will say he could make more bread on the West Coast, but he wants to, you know, uh, branch out into other areas. But other comics, when they get, you know, the families and all of that, they, they've got to sort of balance career and real life. Uh, so do you travel yeah, mostly? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's so much a regional thing. Now, I will say this. I, I do um, pretty well in the Midwest. It just, well, you know, because, I mean, look, this guy's from a place where they see the sun. That's exotic, right? You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I, so, I'm very pro-pie in, in my act so that, you know, this was oh, that spike? Do you bring your light? I mean, you don't try to tailor your, your material to where you are, do you? I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't, do you Midwest up your act a little bit or you're always you no, and bringing I, your world into theirs? What I do is both. I, 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 I learn about their life. It's fish out of water, which is really easy comedy. I mean, look, um, I don't do it as much anymore. When I first started doing Minnesota and Wisconsin, the first eight to 10 minutes would be, up, be about the weather and a Hawaiian in the weather, right? You know, like, you know, I, I would just open up and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm so happy to be here. And I, and I know that when they, when they booked me, they said, hey, let's bring the Hawaiian guy here in January. And they laughed and high-fived. And it sets up this whole thing. Sunshine. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah. So, and so, so I do kind of both. I, re, I, I let them know that I know where I am, but I do it in a way that here's a Hawaiian over here. And, and, and just easy sort of juxtapositions like here I am visiting them, but um, it's not, it, and I know a lot of them visit home, but I realize not many of us visit you here, right? I mean, there's, Kermit, do you, there's these sort of easy, easy premises to switch around. Do you sell spam in the lobby at these shows just to <laughs> like bring a hot plate? <laughs> here come the Hawaii references. <laughs> so funny, funny you should ask that because one time I was doing the club in Minneapolis, which is just a great club. It's one of the best clubs in yes. the country. And they, um, they told me, they said, hey, you know, the... Uh, Spam factories in Austin. It's about two hours away. And I said, yeah, I absolutely know about that because every day at five o'clock, Hawaiians turn towards that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Mecca. Oh. Mecca for Hawaii. I love it. Yeah, I must have brought the room down. Uh, may, so, may, I, no, may I read so, one of your... Oh, go ahead. Finish. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to read one of your uh, posts on social media that I thought was okay. pretty good and, and perhaps a topic... Uh, for discussion uh, with the group. Um, 
This this is how I know I like this guy. He goes, it's Kermit at PM. Seeing all the talk about who will fill the NFL head coaching vacancies, there's something similar about all the candidates mentioned. Maybe I'll figure it out later, but I can't quite pinpoint it right now. <laughs> it's true, though. That is very true. <clears throat> Go ahead, Dwight. He did it. I had the hardest time believing that the NFL would actually not pick the best candidate because of the color of their skin. I thought that that's that seems to be the most foreign concept because it's all about winning. It's all about results in the NFL. Yeah. And so why you know if there was a qualified guy, why what why wouldn't they take a black gentleman? As opposed to a white guy, it, it made no sense to me. And I had somebody who's been in football in the NFL explain it to me. Your coach has to deal with ownership. Not it's not just about winning. Yeah. It's about the community that they deal with, with sponsors and advertisers and everything else. And it's not that the African American candidate couldn't do the job. It's that the community he would have to interact with would be ready for him too, and they're not ready yet. So there mm -hmm. is legitimate racial bias in coaching because they have to make these considerations it's yeah. not just about wins and losses on the field it's now, about your at your community being able to interact with your coach this was but someone telling you this who was giving it as an opinion it wasn't it hasn't yeah. been an official press release from the nfl no that's not an official yeah. press okay. release that wasn't from goodell's <laughs> office no, no. Okay. <laughs> but, but he this is a guy who you know played in the nfl for a long time hmm. but he's been around the league ever since was but here's what I say about that. Um, we're all, all of us enough to remember all the things they said about the difficulty of having black quarterbacks. That boy mm -hmm. deal with a whole nother situation in football. They there's there's like another mental level that 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 you know right. we right. don't know that black athletes really have. And so we've heard a lot of these mm -hmm. things, and I and I get it, man. There's look. All right, I'm gonna tell you guys a story. I cannot say any names. But a friend of mine was an athlete in college at a big college. Uh, and so he had a lot of friends uh, who went on to play in the NFL and coach. And one of his friends went to uh, two teams, became head of player development for one team that did was doing really well. Had an interview um, on the West with the team, was very excited because it was a really good position. And they they flew him out there. The president, like you said, the 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 president, the guy who runs the thing, right? Uh, comes in with two newspapers and sits there and starts reading the paper. My friend's friend said, after about ten minutes of this, says, "Would you like to start the interview?" And he said, "Nope, I just have to have you here for a certain amount of time. I'm just going to read my paper." Oh he read the paper, God. and he said, "He said, all right, Rooney rule done," and he papered on and left. And that was this guy's interview. So yeah, you're right. Absolutely, Th those those 32, a good chunk of them, a good chunk of them owners, man, they have their very old school way of looking at things. Yep. But I really feel like, look, <clears throat> we did it for quarterbacks, and now the game is better because of black quarterbacks. The Absolutely. black quarterbacks have made the game better, and uh, and so that that would be my uh, uh, boy. I just brought things down, didn't I? We, we no, <laughs> right. it's okay. Uh, excuse me, Kermit, Matt Stafford. <laughs> 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 I beg to differ. <laughs> Just kidding. It's an awesome conversation, and and a few things that I did not know, and because I'm not uh, into the granular uh, analysis of these, especially teams' decisions on management or players. You know, I don't uh, wake up like Joe does on draft day, all, all excited. So it's fascinating, and it's it's 
in a way, it's good that sports lets us talk about this stuff because giant corporate boardrooms have all of these same issues. Oh, but yeah. you're never going to, they're not in the yeah. public eye the way the yeah. NFL is, right? Yeah. And music. Yeah, music. I had a conversation with my producer first couple of months I was doing this show. The, the amount of um, social equity that music has delivered to this civilization <laughs> cannot be measured. Yep. It, it has broke music has broken down more walls and sports is right on its heels and those and, because those are things everybody can relate to and enjoy yep. at the core of their soul it doesn't matter if someone's making you happy with their music or their sport it doesn't matter the color of their skin and that was frank sinatra's attitude and he I didn't get see it with a lot of sisters though i gotta tell you <laughs> Over the years, well, and, and I will say this: on uh, let me let me be a cheerleader. Um, three of the top five acts out there are Kevin Hart, uh, Dave Chappelle, yeah. and um, yeah. and uh, uh, who was I think? Shaq. Shaq's funny. Come on, yeah. Shaq. Yeah, Shaq yeah, Bing <laughs> Rains is opening up. We have the meat. <laughs> yeah, comedy. And you know, at one point, Amy Schumer was one of the top acts. So there, there's a lot of like, it, there, comedy seems to have the same thing where people yeah. people sort of connect on another level. And uh, it's, mm. been, it's yes. really been fun to watch. All right, lightning round. We have a couple quick topics and then we're going to be done in about two, three minutes. So okay. I want to get everybody on, on these two things. Um, the first one is this. Classified documents. Mm -hmm. um, I have a thought, and then I'll to open it up. First off, I don't think anyone cares about classified documents, no. rank and file people, uh, yeah. because we're never going to see them. We don't know what's in them. And so it's always going to be this mystery. But I have a sure fire solution on how to prevent this problem from ever happening again. You want to know what it is? Kill the president on his way out of office? <laughs> I'm just, I'm not suggesting, I'm just yeah. guessing. <laughs> I almost did a spit take. <laughs> Thank you. You can do that. It's a green screen. It wipes <laughs> off. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question because no one wants my opinion. All right. No. No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. Spike, go ahead. You got the floor. No, I want to go Let's, last, like in, like okay. in a porn. I want to go yeah. last. He, he does very good last. Um, yeah. Can we stop electing 70 and 80-year-olds? When I no. think of these documents, <laughs> I don't think that either president said, I'm going to smuggle these secrets to my private lair, and then I'm going to sell them or disregard them, and somehow they'll get into enemy hands. This is not, there's no treason here. They're simply, oh, I can't wait to see my Corvette this weekend. You just put Spike on simmer. You know that, right? <laughs> I do. There's, 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 and nobody cares. So I think this is a distraction from the really big stories, which no one wants to talk about. And I'm, I'm, no one is more thrilled than me that Biden did this too. No one is more thrilled than me because I am, <laughs> look at Spike. <laughs> I am a radical centrist. And anytime the political dialogue is it, it takes all the oxygen out of a room like a gas stove set on high with the windows closed um i, I go well what about the important stuff and uh, and so for me this is just this is so hilarious and nothing it's a nothing burger all right zip, everybody else gets a comment so i'm supposed to go last no i'm gonna go last <laughs> yes <Yeah>, zip <laughs> 
No, I think, you know, the job is impossible to begin with. And with that much paperwork and the crap that I've got in my <laughs> menial little life, it, it, you know, it is. Yeah. I agree. It's a totally ridiculous discussion. And by by the way, I would, I would, for every future president, I would appoint a czar of top secret documents whose sole job it was to make sure this never happens again. And if it does... Off with his head, old-fashioned style. <laughs> I don't that like was, and then, that. Yeah, that was the one thing that I heard uh, in a discussion today. Is that you would have thought that the Biden, uh, you know, officials would have immediately said, "Hey, do we have any loose documents around?" Let's yeah. <laughs> no, yes. Hey, do we have any loose women around? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this keeping a guest log thing <laughs> at my private residence. I don't think that's a good idea at all. All right, Kermit, what do you say? Um, I just say whatever the law is, just apply it both ways. So uh, uh, so however you're not going to charge the first guy that did it, not charge the second guy the same way. <laughs> Love it. Done. Ten seconds. That's the rule of social media right there. Ten-second solution. <laughs> All right, I like it. Spike, you're up. Okay, um, it's not the it's not the crime; it's the cover up. That's the it's always the worst case, right? Yeah, the cover up's yeah. always worse than the crime. Um, I I can believe that Trump would take shit home with the with temp, Who can I? What, how can I use this? Who how can, can I, I use this to, to open what, a hotel what, and a resort at a golf Oligar course? Yeah, what yeah. What yeah. do I owe? Do I owe tens of millions <laughs> of dollars to? Like Junior said on TV, we borrow yeah. all, all our money from Russia. Who can what can I give him to clean the books? But that be that as it may. Yeah. Um, you're being generous with you're being generous with strategy points there. I think. I think, I think Biden Biden is just too old to know what's in the glove box of his Corvette. High five, my friend. High five, um, everybody. But, yeah. but Dave Dave Chappelle put it best because I've stolen a lot of things from my work. Mm -hmm. I've stolen paper clips. I've stolen staplers. You know what I've never stolen from work? Work. <laughs> he's, he's, he's didn't do any work at work he's gonna take work home and do work at home i don't think so all right, all right. but there's but like you know you made a good point like it, there might be a chance that biden just thought they were they were good papers to put under the covet during the oil change yeah uh, <laughs> all right, that's that's going to do it for us. That's all the time we have. I, I have one more topic, but I'm postponing it for a second week till next week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Sorry about my crackly mic. We're going to get our staff right on it. If you'd like to help out the podcast to maybe hire someone to fix stuff, you can go to Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Green screen. We can't get a microphone that works. I know. <laughs> it's not that easy. Greening screen. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash Bob Rivers for the tip jar. We do appreciate that. You can email us anytime. Show at bobandzip.com. And we're shooting for once a week. Uh, and if you join our mailing list at bobrivers.com, uh, we'll make sure we let you know when we're trying to be on. We're usually a few minutes late. Uh, we would love Perfect. to have you here. Kermit, where are you playing? Where are you, where are you performing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can oh, see yeah. Kermit at the <laughs> Comedy Underground. He's just won the Seattle Comedy Competition. Where are you? I'll be, uh, thanks for mentioning that. I, I'll be at the, the Carco Theater in Renton on the, uh, later in February. And the last weekend of February, I'm at Club Comedy, which is a really cool comedy club on Capitol Hill. Uh, hey, glance to the left. What did you do? Read it from the sand? <laughs> it's in a bottle. Yeah. Oh, you now you're going to take us out with a song, right, Kermit? You're going to sing uh, a Hawaiian song, well, or do you no, want to not? If you, it, it, 
have anything that was that short. So we'll maybe do it another time when you when you have more All time. Right. So sure. Kermit, this by is, the way, this is Don Ho. I'll do tiny bubbles if you want. <laughs> oh my okay, God. I'm out. I'm going to go to work. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. All right. Take yeah. care, everybody. <laughs> Back next week. We'll be a Monday night next week instead of Tuesday night. Thanks. The Bob and Zip Show.